This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Before we get to today's Browns film breakdown on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, once again, going to chat about betonline.ag. Now, look, things have changed rapidly. Sports leagues have shut down the uh, NBA, the the NHL and March Madness is in jeopardy right now. We do know no fans are involved, but that could turn around at some point. And if it does, and betting opportunities come about, betonline.ag has opportunities for you to get in the mix and win some money in March because with this shutdown and with possible quarantine, we could all need some money. And if games are being played on TV, we can at least bet on those. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, of Blue Wire Podcast, betonline.ag, to take advantage of the best bonus in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE, that's one word, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, and you'll get that 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. And we're off with today's Browns Film Breakdown episode. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select... Baker Mayfield. What a beautiful throw by the Baker. Big job! Hasta la vista, baby! Touchdown! Welcome into Browns Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. Thursday airing of this episode. Uh, it's It's been a crazy evening, as all of you know. Uh, it's it's a uh, time to hug your loved ones and keep everybody close. Hopefully in a in a safe space at home. I don't know where this goes. The NBA is shut down. The NHL is shut down. It is trending toward March Madness, who has already declared that they will not allow fans to come into the arenas. They might shut down too. I'm not going to tell you how to feel about this. You all have your opinions. You all have your take on how we've gotten to this point. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't dabble in those things because I'm not in the, the business of telling you how to think or how to feel. I'm just worried about the safety of people, you know, people like my grandparents and my, and my mother and father who are of older age and my father who's battling health illness, uh, things on the regular between his kidney and the loss of a limb. And, and um, you know, I know that this doesn't have a profound effect on those middle-aged strong immune systems, but it could have an effect on them and it could have an effect on my young child. And I just hope everybody stays safe. That's my resounding message is I hope you and yours find a way to stay safe, whether that's staying out of large groups, whether that's simply staying at home, period. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with jobs going forward. It does seem like the way to kick this whole thing in a country is to sort of lock the country down for a period of time where that takes us in the economy. I don't know where that takes uh, you know, a lot of production in this country and our ability to pay our bills. I don't know. I don't know where this takes us, but we got to look at the possibility of, you know, not possibility necessarily, but the, uh, the 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 ability period, I guess, of of staying healthy and keeping this at a risk 
at a minimum. And uh, I hope we're able to do that as a country. And I hope that you can find some peace in this whole thing. And and um, you know we can we can stay safe because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Material things are material things, and those will come and go. But but the health of you and yours, uh, you know, around you are what's most important. And we we hope they can figure out a solution to this. And life can go on uh, in a month or so or whatever, normal once again. And it's a scary time. And uh, like I said, hope it hope it can can come and go in a, in, in a fashion that doesn't have too much of a lasting impact on the country. So we will leave it at that. Uh, I hope you you find yourself safe. And if you're if you're not, you need to get tested. Do so. I think hospitals are accommodating those things. If you feel uh, sick in any way, shape, or form, you know, get out there and. And be proactive about it. But in, as far as Browns news today, we did learn that they are moving on from, um, you know, in the past few days, I should say, they're moving on from Christian Kirksey. Still think there might be some more names to come, but I do know that they're moving on from Kirksey, which is something that we all expected. Uh, sad to see him go. A guy who, in his first four years, had a really big impact on this franchise has really uh, slipped. He got his second contract play, has slipped uh, overall. His ability to to cover the field uh, from his will linebacker position was not as uh, crisp as it needed to be didn't play the run game as well as it needed to be and got lost in pass coverage when 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 asked to play zone coverage and his performance slipped over the past three years and then it, it, it also you know had some injury issues too the contract didn't fit for what his worth is and um, you know the Browns are taking a risk here at linebacker they have the two youngsters they drafted last year do they go and add more I don't know. We'll have to see what their what their plan is um, as far as adding more to that position. But but do keep in mind if you're going cheap, linebacker is the position, much like running back is on offense, where you can go cheap and still get some solid production. Because what's most important in the NFL is pass coverage and pass rush, and that's where you typically see the most you know the most dollars spent. So again, wish wish Kirksey all the best. A great a great uh, teammate. You can see his 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 teammates such as. Uh, Joel Batonio and Joe Thomas and Miles Garrett and, and Mac Wilson all writing things to him on his way out the door about how much of an impact he had on them and his impact in Northeast Ohio as an active part of the community. Um, just what you would want and what, you know, the type of player you want, the type of guy you want around your franchise, and he did a great job. And um, it's unfortunate the play didn't meet the contract and they're going to have to let him go. Hopefully he lands on his feet. He's got plenty of visits lined up, I'm sure. Um, you know, I'm sure that he will. Browns are still active in looking at offensive linemen. Any big offensive linemen in, in terms of this draft, all the way to Ezra Cleveland now um, from Boise State, they are they're having interviews and meetings and sit-downs with all of these guys. It is going to be um, probably a draft that features two tackles in some variety. So be prepared for that and uh, keep keep your eye out for uh, draft visits that are coming frequently and more information as we find it about these guys Cleveland's bringing in and the types of bodies they're looking for to fill that line. So today's guest that's going to come up guys is uh, is Brown's Daily Mock. I had him on and recorded with him last week. I uh, had another one I wanted to get out before that but just do know that when you're listening to this one we recorded it last week with so some good tidbits of things and and uh and what he thinks as far as a guy who really knows the draft prospects pretty well does a good amount of studying and worth a follow if you have time to follow him and interact on twitter you're going to learn about the draft and then um you know uh, make, make sure you understand that we talk about some people like kirksey who are still on the team at the time and 
and all of that too. Those those changes obviously happened after we uh, recorded this podcast. But I hope you guys enjoy, and uh, let's get over to our interview. Okay, recording this, um, you know, Wednesday night. We're in the early stages of March, March 4th, and a lot to be determined. Um, free agency, a lot to be determined through the draft. We're getting some of the information we need. We've all been looking at enough tape. If you care about the Browns and you care about the draft, you've been looking at a lot of these players. Some of the information has filled in the holes now. We'll get more information as we go in terms of what they'll be looking at in the draft with, you know, uh, visitations and and, and free agency coming up. So with this run of time, it's always good for me to have on people I know are studying the prospects the way they need to be studied. And when I think of that, I think of nobody better than Mr. Brown's Daily Mock, my friend Stephen Thomas, at Brown's Mock Draft. How you doing, buddy? I am living the dream, Mr. Burns. Thank you for uh, once again allowing me to uh, pollute your your brilliant football airwaves with my fart jokes and and somewhat re, uh, research takes. I appreciate any, every time you have me on. Looking forward to this season. Hey, it's obviously my pleasure. I'm open to fart jokes. We'll incorporate as many as we can. <laughs> I would love to. Listen, I don't have some of the the old school television stuff you and our our, our good buddy Jeff Lloyd does, but I, I get the jokes. You say them, I get them. I'll laugh, and we'll we'll feel good about each other here, and it'll be a good vibe. So. Well, Fire you have away. a two-year-old boy, so, you know, fart jokes are the height of comedy for the next couple of years in your house. Just so I'll pass along what I can to you in oh, that vein. Yeah, I'm a sponge. I'm absorbing, and I'm going pa- to pass the dad jokes off as my own, too. So, so fire <laughs> those in whenever you want. Listen, I sent Stephen a, a, a list of questions. I, I like having people who come on feel prepared. Um, not that he wouldn't be able to answer questions if I just made them up, but I, I don't like to do that to people. I think he's... He, him, and I have enough discourse back and forth through this time of year. It's all year. It's, it's, it's. What do you think of this guy? What do you think of that guy? Sharing opinions, and it's great. I wish people would sometimes read those direct messages because I think you get a lot out of our opinions that you don't necessarily get in this, um, you know, the, the regular timeline feed. So I, I threw some some particular questions at um, at Steve here, and I'm not going to give my opinion whatsoever. I'm going to I'll chime in here and there, but this is just a rapid fire question round that I, I want to have some people on who I think really know the draft. So I'm throwing these at you. Get your baseball bat out. Here we go. So we're going to start with free agency, Steve. I, I want to know, there's a difference in my opinion between when we see guys hit the market and we say, the Browns can get this guy. The Browns can get that guy. There's this whole glass half full approach, which is exciting. And every team in the NFL, their fan base, people who analyze the team are doing the same thing. Man, that'd be a great fit. Um, but that's not always realistic, especially with Cleveland, where you have to probably up pay and you have to probably upsell and you're really begging players to come sometimes because of the negative stigmatism that we all know about. Some of that has faded, but last year in the, in the, you know, the coaching cycle, all that stuff didn't help. So guys are out there. They can't have everybody. They got some cap space, maybe some players they'll get rid of. If you had to pinpoint, I don't know, maybe two, three guys you would really, really love to come away free agency sign, who would those guys be for you that are, in your opinion, realistic? Well, I I think that's the key to it. We have to be realistic. I mean, uh, there's the big names in every class, and you know, those are the ones that dominate Brown's Twitter. And when we don't sign you know, the number one free agent, you know, everybody goes screams failure. Well, when you look back, you know, after three years from now, when these guys play out their contracts, 
Sometimes those top-level guys play to their contracts, but they're going to get bloated contracts because they're the best guys available. Usually the best free agents are the second wave or, or even later than that, you know, because they come in at a, at a market value that is more aligned with what they should be getting. So uh, obviously everybody's been talking about Anthony Harris. You and I have been talking lusting after him for a couple of months, but he's going to be I can't see anybody else in the safety class getting more than him. So if they, obviously I would love to get him, but if they can't get him, you've got, uh, there's a lot, there, there are a handful of options, uh, at, at safety. You got Trey Boston, who we've liked, I think three years in a row, who's out there probably coming at a much more reasonable price. Ha ha. Clinton Dix had a really good year. Uh, he would fit the system, I think. And then if you're looking at guys that, um, uh, have an, a history with, with Joe Woods, Obviously, Jimmy Ward, they switched him to uh, free safety last year, and he had the year of his life. Now, he's got a lengthy uh, injury history. He's got medicals that you're going to have to vet. But if they think he's past that and they think he can be healthy and play like he did last year, uh, maybe you use those medicals to your advantage and, and you know, knock his price down a million or so or two and get him at a because, I mean, he proved last year, that he, you know, they tried him at, at corner. They tried him in the slot. And he, you know, he just then they put him at free safety and let him use his natural athleticism back there. And, you know, he, he, he could patrol the back end like Ron Jeremy. I mean, he was just he was brilliant back there. So I, a guy like Joe Woods, you know, a guy that has a history with Joe Woods, uh, I think that you can get there because it, it's kind of like um, uh, you and I had the discussion last year with Brashad Perriman. We didn't understand. Well, we understood eventually after the Odell trade. But before that, we were saying, why would he want to leave? He had his career resurrected with Baker Mayfield in this offense. You should want to stay here. And it's sort of the same mindset with with a guy like a Jimmy Ward. You know, he had the year of his life in Joe Wood's system. So I think that's a point in the Browns' uh, favor. And just a quick thing that uh, popped into my head, Ronald Blair is another guy like that. He's an edge defender, uh, was injured last year, was having a hell of a year before he got injured. So again, if the medicals clear him, you can probably get him at a really discounted rate for at least a year or two as he's coming back from the injury. And him on the opposite side from Miles, I think would be... Um, uh, a tremendous get. Um, some other guys that I think are realistic. I mean, you and I have talked, we think they're going to make one big splash. They have enough room for one big splash free agent signing. Now, if they end up cutting Vernon, that changes the math a little bit. But as it stands right now, I, I would think it's, that's probably going to be either at interior defensive line or at safety. So I would love for that splash to be Javon Hargrave. And I think if they choose, he is the one big free agent that they could afford him. They could get him to come here. But since they just paid a big free agent contract to Sheldon at that same position group last year, I don't know if it's realistic or not. But you've got guys a little bit further down the money line. you got Andrew Billings uh, down in Cincinnati who, who's had a great couple of years, and he's going to be – I don't want to say cheap, but he's going to be cheaper than Hargrave or DJ Reader or, or you know, some of those guys. Uh, Malik Collins out of Dallas, uh, sort of lost in the shuffle, a cap casualty down there. They really like him down here. He's another, down there. He's another guy that I think uh, could be realistic and at a, uh, a position of need. And then just a couple of interesting things to, uh, to, uh, to throw out there. I, they made a pretty good run at Gerald McCoy last year, and he ended up taking a one-year I think it was nine or ten million dollars in Carolina this year. Yeah, and he's he's over thirty. He's on the market again. If he would be amenable to another similar type contract, one year or you know two years with a one year out team option, that kind of a thing. If you get him for ten or less, 
and, and then draft somebody to learn behind him for a year or two. I think that would be a hell of a signing right there. Um, and I'll, I'll throw another uh, edge name out there that I, it's not going to be the first wave, but Quentin Jefferson out in Seattle had a pretty good year. And uh, the thing, the Seahawks people that I follow seem to think they're not sure if he's coming back or not. So if he hits the market, obviously he's not somebody you're going to, you know, throw miles money type money at. But if you could get him to come in on a reasonable contract, I think that could be something that could be interesting as well. Um, the, the tight end situation. Everybody wants Austin Hooper. I, I just don't see it. I don't see the money fitting. I don't see uh, you and I both are hoping that Kyle Rudolph is a cap casualty or they can swing some sort of trade because uh, they need cap space up there in Minnesota. But I think more realistically, uh, and Lane had tweeted something a week or so ago uh, about inline tight end, you know, blocking guy is who they're really looking for. I'm looking at, you know, maybe a Charles Clay or uh, Blake Bell in, in uh, Kansas City he turned into a really good blocking tight end out there. Uh, athletic dude, you know, former uh, uh, quarterback at Oklahoma. Um, that would be somebody I think they could realistically bring in, uh, play him in line. And then you've got, uh, you know, obviously Njoku and then whether they like Steven Carlson and um, and Ricky Seals-Jones, we don't know. So I think that those are realistic guys that we could get at our positions of need. Yeah, I think Anthony Harris is obviously the intriguing name, and if we could if we could pick right. a guy, the thing that gets interesting with Harris is age, right? He's he's going to turn twenty nine in early October, right? So it becomes what kind of deal do you want to give him? I think the Browns, if they would want his services, they would probably have to tack on, you know, a third a third or four. Probably going to sign him for three, regardless. Maybe the Browns have to go to four years. I, I, that's where it gets a little interesting for me because I think he's going to be a guy who says, "Hey, I'm twenty nine this year." I want to get a four-year deal out of this thing somehow. So, something right. worth paying attention to. Obviously, I think he's a heck of a football player as you do. We've we've seen enough stunning Minnesota like I have. I've seen enough of him to feel he would be a fantastic addition. You talked about um, a myriad of positions, two that you didn't touch on. I want to just yes or no. You can give a quick sure. answer. But linebacker, do you think they add somebody there, or do you think they go out and try to really focus on drafting a guy? I, it's so hard to say because, well, first of all, we don't know, you know, if Joe is really gone. This could just be a negotiating tactic. We don't know. But it looks like he's gone. So if that is the case, we have no idea what this current front office thinks of the linebacker room because they didn't, except for Kirko, they they weren't around for any of them. I mean, maybe they love Kirko. I, you know, we in our heads, since he got hurt, we have all basically written, said this is it. His contract is, is unwieldy. He's been hurt. We, He's out the door. Maybe they love him and they're going to keep him around and make him the centerpiece. I don't know. Maybe they think the two guys drafted last year are much better than the rest of us think, you know, and they're ready. I I don't see that, but they might think that or, you know, they we have no idea what's going on with Willie Harvey um, since he's been hurt. And I know that's a guy you really liked last year and I liked him, too. And he flashed a lot in the preseason. So. Uh, they, they could stand pat. And my thing with free agency and the linebackers is I don't see what's out there that's a step up at the price range that we're supposedly talking about. Like, uh, we don't know if 10 million is really the number, but using that as as your jumping off point, if if they're not willing to pay Joe 10 million and they want to upgrade the position, who are you going to upgrade with for less than that? I, I don't. See, I mean, the only two big names out there that at least that I've seen uh, are Corey Littleton uh, and Blake Martinez. And they're going to call uh, Martinez is going to get roughly the same amount. And Littleton's probably going to cost even more. Now, 
uh, Corey Littleton is like a significant step up from Joe Schroeder. I don't know. I'm not saying they do, but if that's how they're thinking, maybe they wouldn't pay Joe 10, but they'll pay Corey, you know, 13 or whatever it, it ends up being. And that would be the way they would go. I think more likely, unless there's a, you know, I mean, uh, something, the fire sales going on in Carolina and Jacksonville sort of add some intrigue to this. Um, I think it's more likely that you're looking at the day two linebacker crop, your Jordan Brooks's, your uh, Logan Wilson's, um, uh, uh, Malik Harrison, you know, those kind of guys at the pick at 74 uh, would make a lot of sense to me. Um, I'm not sure if you if you see anybody else out there that's a linebacker uh, that would improve it in free agency. Let me know, because I've been looking and I just I don't see what you can't sign what isn't there. Yeah, no, I think I think they have to have a strategy that we don't feel yet. Like I think they're maybe they're maybe they're higher on Kirksey than we are. Maybe they believe he can be something. Maybe maybe they believe in Mac Wilson. I'm not sure. It's it's a real position of mystery that, and I, I, I there's some value guys in the draft, but they're certainly not going to be able to. Dra- I don't think they're going to be able to draft Simmons if that that position come around, and that's a different discussion entirely. But. I don't know. Linebacker's a mystery. I don't know how they're going to feel about going into it. And and free agency may not clear any of it up, so we'll see. Uh, Tackle, yes or no, do you think they sign? Not not a veteran. They have Kendall Lamb, who I think can be that veteran swing player. But do you think they sign a guy who could potentially start, or do you think they pass it by and just run into the draft and, and go from there? Um. I, it's hard to say. Again, it's another thing where we don't know what they think. Um, how much truth is there to this Conklin rumor? And I know you and I are both sort of lukewarm on the idea of Conklin. I mean, he's a good player. I'm not saying I don't like him, but at the money, he's the numbers that are being thrown around and the fact that he's not really all that great of a fit for our for what we think uh, Coach Hottie's scheme is going to be. I, I don't know if I want to spend that kind of money. If they do, I've, I've said this repeatedly, I I would love for them to go after a guy like Joe Haig uh, out of Indianapolis. I mean, he is uh, very athletic, fits the scheme perfectly, um, and can his versatility, you know I love guys with versatility. He's an instant starter at right guard, instant. He can also probably go in and start immediately at right tackle. If you need him to, he can play left tackle. He played every position except center for the Colts last year and did it very well. And he's probably going to come in again. I don't want to use the word cheap, but compared to some of these other guys, he's going to come in at a reasonable rate. And let's say you sign him with with the intention of being your right tackle. And then your rookie isn't ready. Um, You can, or I'm sorry, your rookie is ready much earlier than you thought. Well, you can kick him inside to right guard. Now you've, you've solved two problems with with one move i mean i think he is the perfect signing uh for them and i think i think they they got a shot at him because i i haven't seen a lot of buzz about him uh from the big uh nfl names that know things you know the albrights and 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 those type of guys who have way more information than you and i do um i haven't seen his name kicked around so I think they might have a shot at him in that second wave that would be a great signing to me if you're looking free agency on the offensive line Interrupting this podcast to talk to you guys about untuckit.com. Ever wonder why traditional button downs look so long and baggy? That's because they're never designed to be worn outside of the tucked in fashion. Untuckit.com shirts were made specifically designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, their shirts are perfect 
for the untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, or even athletic guys of all ages. Don't just take my word for it. Try Untuck It for yourself with a great offer. Visit UntuckIt.com using the promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping on all orders inside the U.S. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com, UntuckIt.com, using the promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. Now back to the podcast. I think if there's a time, too, you know, when you're talking about sort of a second or third tier guy... It's the time too to do this kind of bold strategy in the draft. It's it's not a secret that this this draft is full of tackles and oh. yeah, it's going to take some coaching for these guys. But you have probably the second best offensive line coach, third best in the league. There's 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 no better time than to bring in a young, moldable couple offensive tackles yes. that can that can learn the scheme. Now, is it dangerous anytime you bring rookies in and expect them to play? Sure. But you do have Kendall Lamb, who has NFL starting experience. He's not great, right. not, not calling him great. But they do have some options, guys, who have been around. And I think if you're going to take that chance and, and really get two guys you think can be pillars on your offensive line, I think this is probably the right time to do that and the right draft to do that. And you wouldn't be reaching for talent. The talent probably aligns with um you know with that situation yeah so let's let's segue to the draft so you you know i i'd asked you this question which i think is is uh is kind of loaded and it could be a 30 minute answer because it's just such a tough question to answer but like (laughs) from me come on (laughs) yeah right (laughs) i I mean what positions would you say that you feel like they have to answer through the i know we don't know we don't know what free agency looks like and we really don't know much at all this is a tough off season in general because what we do the whole time leading up is speculation, and we don't know what to speculate. We really don't know how they feel about so many of these people on the roster and what things they might be looking for in terms of uh, traits and all of those sorts of things. So it's a tough offseason. But if you had to speculate, um, you know, what things do you think that they're going to target in the draft? Like what positions do they have to answer coming out of the draft? Well, I, th- I like you just said, two to two and a half weeks from now, this is going to become much more clear. Um, because we're going to get an idea through what they do or do not do in free agency of what they think is going to the draft. But, you know, you and I have had this discussion for three years running now. You can't sign what isn't there. You can't draft what isn't there. So you attack the positions of the draft that are deep at your positions of need. And for once in a blue moon, it lines up pretty damn well for the Browns. I'm shocked. Um, uh, You had just brought up, (coughs) excuse me, the idea of getting two rookie tackles. I've been saying that since the fall, and I've had just just tsunamis of angry people in my mentions saying, you never put out two Look, I know two rookie tackles is not ideal. If you're going to sit down and draw up a franchise from the ground up, that's not what you would do. But it may be the best option after all the smoke clears this year. So <clears throat> I think obviously at minimum one tackle, I, I, I would actually be very surprised if they don't take two at some point. And you could easily talk me into 10 and 41 both being tackles or 10 and 74 or even 10 and 90 easily, especially if they don't make any big moves in free agency at that spot. But realistically, I I would think tackle, safety, and then um, either interior defensive line or edge uh, um, and uh, then the other one of those. And maybe if Joe walks out and they don't do anything in free agency – like I said, that uh, day two linebacker bucket uh, all makes sense uh, for those four picks in the top 100. Those would be I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty obvious where where their desperate needs are. 
as we sit here today on March 4th. So if they don't come out of it with, you know, at least one tackle, at least at least one safety and at least one, you know, guy that you think is going to be a game wrecker on the defensive line from day one and two, I, I am going to I think we're all going to be disappointed. That would be the, the ones that I would target at this point. Now, you can make a case. Yes, you can for uh, if you like the tight ends that much using one of the day two picks on a tight end. I know you really like my guy, Adam Troutman, Dayton Flyer. I'm so excited to have a Dayton fellow Dayton Flyer uh, actually be drafted since for the first time since before I was there, which was a zillion years ago. Um, you can make a case for an edge rusher. Um, I mean, if they go out and have a big free agency and Julian O'Quara is sitting there at 41, I would be very, very tempted to take him at that spot. Um, you can make a case for a wide receiver on day two, depending on what happens, you know, because uh, I everybody seems to think at least one of the two big contracts will be gone after next year. Um, there, there's a lot of places you could make a case for on day two. But I think unless they do something in free agency that we're all not expecting, tackle, interior defensive line, and safety are clearly the three most pressing needs that they need to attack in the draft. Yeah, and I think obviously they they, they will probably <coughs> try to bring back Justin Burris. I think his he they can get him sure. back back on some of the team. They have Sheldrick Redwine, but I I think even if they sign one of the the aforementioned names you you know you brought up, either Harris or Jimmy Ward or. Haha, Clinton Dix, whatever. That that doesn't mean they're off the board for safety. It might push like, the need back know. a little bit, but I I do think that they will try to draft a safety regardless of what they do, in um, you know, in free agency. Because again, this is another one where you just don't know. You you got Sheldon Redwine's here because he's he's on year two of a rookie deal, but you don't know. They they could just absolutely Joe Woods could say that guy can't play for me. So we don't know. Right. I think it's going to be interesting to track that. Let's let's keep this going. Let's go into three guys in this draft. It's just tough to do because you, you fall in love with a lot of these guys. But there are three guys that you really, really mm-hmm. would love to come away from this. And it, you can't – don't give me two three guys that are the 10th pick. You know this. Don't give me three 10th pick guys. But give me guys that you think they can be realistically had at various spots in this draft, starting with the 10th pick, obviously, but then sort of working your way into a little bit later. But three guys you just love for those sort of spots they're going to pick. Well, uh, for 10 – I didn't I, – honestly, I didn't even – think about the 10th pick when I was uh, writing down my stuff for this one, because it's going to be one I'll, I'll fall down if it's not one of the tackles. Okay. I mean, I will, I will literally be Clark Griswold head sewn to the carpet shocked. If it's not one of the tackles. Now you can debate which tackle you can debate that till the cows come home. But I think at least one of them, if not two is going to be there. Uh, so either at 10 or with a small trade down, uh, the first pick is going to be a tackle at 41. The who are you taking though? Who, who, hold on, who's your tackle? You got to get one. My who's tackle. Your guy? If yes. it if it's my ch- choice and they're all there, I have my choice of any of them. Boy, people are not combine warriors are not going to like this, but I'm sticking with Andrew Thomas. I okay. think he is just so technically refined. Uh, I think he's smart. Uh, everybody, everything you read from his coaches and 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 teammates and everything, he's his football IQ is is way up. Like he understands not only what to do but why and how to to counter it you know if what you think is going to happen doesn't happen he knows what's going on all the time and you know here's what's funny about the combine stuff Worf's had a absolutely out of this world combine and so did Makai Becton but Andrew Thomas and um um uh, oh god the uh, the other uh, big one um Jedrick Wills they yeah. had great combines i mean great it, i it's similar to remember 2 years ago um um, 
uh, Nick Chubb had an outstanding combine, and nobody talked about it because Saquon Barkley was out of this world. Yeah. It's a similar type situation. Any other year, we'd be talking about what a great freaking combine the Wills and Thomas had. So, uh, you know, any one of those guys is is basically OT1. I have four OT1s right now. It's, now, how they will break it down, I have no idea. But if you put all four of them on the board and gave me the choice— by a whisker, I would probably take Thomas uh, over Werfs. Um, and then at 41, a guy that I would – it's not a safety, uh, which is going to anger some people. If Justin Matabuke is still there, boy, do I love watching him play on the interior defensive line. And interior pressure, as you know as a former quarterback, is invaluable uh, to the rest of your defense. He wrecks games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very stout against the run, which will automatically improve our linebacker play. Uh, he can also get upfield and rush the passer. He can chase stuff down from the backside. I would love to have him uh, at 41. Um, I had just actually picked out guys that I really like. I hadn't really thought about it in terms of at specific uh, picks. But Jordan Brooks is another guy. I, I've been a Jordan Brooks fan since probably September, October, something like that. Super athletic. Um, kind of a... Boy, I hesitate to say this. Kind of a Simmons light kind of guy does, you know, doesn't do it at the level that Simmons does, but he can he can drop, he can rush, he can he run supports, he does it all. Uh, I would love to have him. Um, another guy uh, that you could easily talk me into at 41 uh, is Lucas Nyang. Um, he has been off the radar uh, because of the hip surgery for a while. But back in the summer, Dane Brugler and other guys that I absolutely trust, uh, their word is gold to me when it comes to the draft. He was easily a day one tackle. So if this causes him to slide to 41, and I've seen some boards where he's midday, sorry, mid third, if they could get him at 74, I would, I mean, I'd sprint the card up uh, at that point. And then if you want to talk about a day three guy that I would just, it's really, really, really want. You're probably sick of me talking about Devin Asiasi, but I, I think he is absolutely perfect for this offense and the wacky combine numbers that everybody, the agility numbers that everybody had uh, have kept him everywhere I've seen anyway at his day three value. If they can get that guy, I mean, he's huge. He's fast. He's quick. He's an easy mover. His football IQ is off the charts. Great hands. And starting all the way back in his high school system at De La Salle, if you don't block, you don't play there. And so he has had that hammered into his brain from a very early age, which is a huge thing. So I I would love to get him uh, on day three. And I think as much as I, I love Troutman just like you, I really, really do. But if you're giving me a choice of Troutman at his value or Asiasi at his value and then slide a, you know, a linebacker or a safety or somebody into the pick where you were going to take, I, I'd probably would. It's one of those would you rather things. I probably would take Asiasi a bit later just because of the value. Yeah, I think certainly Troutman is a guy. And I'm, I'm trying to kind of align those articles I'm writing on on making people realize that it might not match like they they are going to probably have bigger needs and feeling like they need to take a tight end and i love i love adam troutman's game much like you do but it's not a great tight end class and i think you if you took a year off from taking a tight end relatively high i think you could still do well getting a guy next year you got to see najoku's got a big year coming and uh, huge yeah and, and you can really find some guys who can be those inline blocking types in free agency too so i'm not going to 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 push 
necessarily right. push that that envelope by any stretch of the imagination. Would I love it? I would I would be fine with it, but I don't think it's I think it's it's probably out of the realm of plausibility. So moving on, we'll go three guys now that you think are overhyped. These could be any range of the draft. You just think that I, I just I watch it and I don't really get it from this guy. I boy, I really I I, I get uncomfortable for these kind of questions because um Anybody that's anybody that's draftable is a whale of a football player. So when you say overhyped, a lot of people immediately take it to say that you think he sucks, you know, in this Twitter world. And that's not the way it is. But what I took it, what I did with this is I looked at where they're currently being projected. And I think they're a little, and the first one we're going to go right back to tight end is Moss. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I just don't see it. I don't see the athleticism. He's, he's a mauler in the run game. Uh, but like you just said, you can get an inline blocking tight end, dirt cheap, Blake Bell, Charles Clay, those kind of guys, um, uh, dirt cheap in free agency. And I, and right now he's still being projected, you know, mid to late day two. He's a top hundred pick. And and please, if you if he somehow hears this, please don't come beat me up because I still think you're really good. But I don't think it's. For the Browns, anyway, I don't think it, it that makes any kind of sense. And the next two guys are going to really piss off people because I like them both, but they're and I think they're riding the combine wave. The first one is Jeremy Chin. Um, uh, you and I talked about him long time ago. A, mm-hmm. a huge fan, um, and I think he's a great pick. But now, after the combine that he put up, which was <laughs> let's be honest, it was a hell of a combine. There, I've seen like top half of round two i've seen a couple people say he might sneak into the back half of round one and that's just too rich i'm sorry coming from where he came from the small school where he came from i don't want to use the word project but definitely not ready to step in and go right away which is what you want from your top 50 picks um i i just don't see it now if he's around and you're talking about him at 74 uh, i'm all in go for it but i think I think he's getting overcooked right now, and it happens to a few guys every year after the combine. They go out, they do great workouts, and then they ride this wave for a week or two, and and then it settles back into where it's where it should be. Um, and the other one is really going to upset a lot of people. It's Ezra Cleveland. Um, I like him a lot, actually. Dane brought him up way back in the preseason. Dane actually listed him as a guard back then. Um, and I think he's he's athletic. I like his game. I like him a lot, but this latest thing that they're going to trade down from 10 to the mid teens and take him there. I, I'm sorry. I still think he's a day two guy. I, I, I went back and watched him again after the combine, really good player, great traits, super kid from everything that I've read. Um, I would be much more comfortable with Ezra Cleveland at 41 than I would at, you know, 16 or, you know, wherever the trade down happened to be. Yeah, it would Listen, that'd be a pretty cool last name to have on a jersey up there, wouldn't it? But uh, perfect. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I certainly don't. I've watched what you sent me, and I think he's going to be a. He has a chance to be a fine football player in the NFL, but I also see some sloppiness that could tell me I, I don't. I don't feel great about him at this position. Um, anywhere, I, I think maybe in the 30s you could feel okay. Uh, into the first round, if you're if you're needing it, and some of the guys that you wanted are off the board, um, but for Cleveland, the home run would be that he gets up at 41, and he's he's still yes. around at that point. So I'm with you. I don't I don't see an end of the first round guy, but I 
you know, it's it's all fit with these guys. So you, you never really right. know. It just takes one team. That's the saying, right? It takes one team to believe in you. And he could have somebody. He could have somebody who believes in him. So we will pay close attention because pick 41 is a fascinating spot for some, t- some tackles that could slip. And I think, you know, you mentioned Yang and you mentioned – uh, Cleveland and and among some others that are really fascinating players at forty one that would Austin be Austin Jackson yes would be a, which we talked about him God back in the season the guy that would be really interesting and uh, right he could be in a good combine too so perfect um, for the system for sure for sure so last thing is this and this is an interesting question because I I think it's probably not one that we think a ton about but it's a fun one to answer so I gave you this a, a player who makes absolutely no sense for Cleveland. Um, and this could be this could be Joe Burrow. I might have stolen your answer, but it could be anybody in the draft. <laughs> a player who makes no sense for Cleveland, but you just you'd love to have him on your team. Well, it's it's weird because you said that, and I went, "Wow, that's interesting." And I started looking, and I would I, I would go, "Oh, what about this?" No, no, we could use a safety. You know, uh, no, we could use an edge. No, we could use, like there's nobody <laughs> unless you're talking quarterbacks that that makes no sense. So I I kind of had to add a second layer to that. It makes no sense at the value they're currently being projected is what I did. And okay. what I came up with was, was uh, Christian Fulton, uh, the corner from LSU's overshadowed by the just ridiculous year that Stingley had on there. Uh, and rightfully so, absolutely. But holy hell, can Fulton still play? I mean, it's not like he had a rotten year or anything like that. And, you know, you think about him and 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 Denzel and Greedy back there together, you know, with that they could go amoeba and move all over the field and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it makes no sense whatsoever for them to take a first round cornerback again. But boy, would he be fun to have on this team. And look, corner is a is a position that we didn't talk about here, but they need a nickel corner in a in a bad yes. way. And those guys are not found on the street corner. They can be sometimes. You can run into a body Calhoun who can give you a couple good years, but it's it's harder than people think it is playing inside because you got to tackle and you got to play inside outside breaking routes. And sometimes you match up with tight ends and you got force ability or force responsibility and run game and it's tough. And they have to fill that role somehow. And I don't think they have anybody on the roster who can do it right this second. So that one will be interesting. And I would not be surprised if they took a late day two day three corner that they think can play yes. inside a little bit so keep that in mind listen we we talked before we started this thing and we said hey let's shoot for 15 minutes of course <laughs> on brand we're at 32 minutes it's fantastic stuff um i hope you guys enjoyed it i think that we'll, we'll do this again we will probably do our yearly uh youtube channel live mock draft i don't know if i haven't even asked if you're into that but we've done it for two years in a row so we will do that again at some point i I mean probably early april it's the it's the best and hopefully you guys can tune into that uh steve listen man i appreciate you giving me time and um it's 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 just it's the best time of year because it's it's still it's still a team that needs to build and it's still a team that has to figure some things out but they're not far from being okay they're not far from being good they might add a playoff team this year it could help cleveland in the worst way so it's an exciting time, and um, you know I appreciate your insight. Absolutely, uh, uh, Brian Poole, uh, slot cornerback from the Jets and free agency. That would be my number one target oh, yes. there. And you're right. I see all these people talking about, oh, six and ten, eight and eight's the best they can hope for this year. And I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't see it. I mean, they've got holes, but there's opportunities that match up in free agency and the draft. I think. With proper coaching of the offense, and if they fill the you know the, the holes here and there, I 
I, I'm not going to put 10 and six uh, or 11 and five and, you know, competing for a, a wild card spot. I think it's very realistic if they go out and handle their business this offseason. I'm with you 100 percent. Yeah. And right. Expectations are low with a bunch of guys who like to have people feeling like the world's against them. So it will uh, it's going to be it's going to be wickedly interesting, especially with feeling like you have somebody in charge of both the GM office and both the, the head coaching position that that have a connection and have a have a, have a mutual understanding of where the thing's going and have the ability to execute a plan. So fascinating stuff. Thanks again, Steve, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, brother. Once again, big thank you to Stephen Thomas of Brown's Daily Mock Draft. Give him a follow. Fantastic football insights and and really just a funny guy. You should you should you should pay attention to what he's talking about because he has a good feel for these things, especially draft season. Doing a draft, imagine doing a draft mock draft every single day. It's kind of a crazy commitment, and I uh, obviously respect him a lot. And he's become a, a friend of mine over the years of of back and forth banter and the DMs and stuff like that. So he's a good dude, good follow, good person. You respect him, he respect you, and um, you can learn a lot from him. So uh, again. Stay safe, guys. Tough times ahead. I think it'll get worse before it gets better. Hopefully you can stay safe. I appreciate you guys listening. If you're hunkered down and want to listen to this, I really respect that and respect you guys following along on iTunes with subscriptions. Follow it on Spotify, all that fun stuff that's out there. Uh, Always appreciate the support. Always appreciate insights on Twitter. If you have suggestions, feedback, guests, recommendations, any of those things, I I always appreciate those and interacting in in general. So uh, until next time, guys, we'll be back next week. We'll see what they do with the NFL free agency, that whole timeline with voting on the new CBA. It could get crazy. J.C. Treader going to be heavily involved in that stuff going forward. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode. And, Uh, Should have a fun guest lined up for that time. So, again, thanks for following. And usual, go Browns. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.